Free Your Inner Guru is a listener-supported show. Supporting the podcast is also designed to support you by keeping the episodes free of ads, but also with rewards for your donation like the Free Your Inner Guru guidebook, a private listener forum, and live monthly Q&A sessions. To become a supporting member, you can visit patreon.com forward slash free your inner guru. Welcome to Free Your Inner Guru. I'm your host, Laura Tucker. Our guest for this last interview of 2019 is Robin Spiesman. Robin is a gift-giving expert and media personality and the author of several New York Times bestselling books. Her most recent book is called Loving Out Loud, The Power of a Kind Word. Robin's on a mission to inspire us to share the love in our hearts out loud It's my pleasure to share this conversation with you as we head into the holiday season, where we have the opportunity to do what Robin calls loving out loud by remembering and being consciously kind, not just when tradition or the calendar dictates, but in the simple everyday moments. It's a great reminder, and it's my pleasure to share with you Robin Spison. Welcome to Free Your Inner Guru. Robin, it's a pleasure to have you here. Thank you, Laura. It's wonderful to be on Free Your Inner Guru. Yeah, just before we got on here, we were talking about the name of the podcast. And I'd love to loop in with when you when you found um, the podcast, um, what was your response? It feels like you had a big response to the name of the podcast. Well, I really love the idea that you're asking um, the, the universe in a way to, to, to look within and within holds our heart, our thoughts, our messages, our power, our ability to consciously affect the world. So immediately, your show spoke to me as a, the author of Loving Out Loud, The Power of a Kind Word. Um, a lot of this book is not only reflective and introspective, but it's also um, taking action. So that's what I'd love to focus on today is how today we can create a kinder, more gentler, loving world. And I feel like, Laura, you're, you're right there doing this. So we're aligned in this um, loving out loud mission of mine. We are very aligned. And um, the audience, uh, for repeat listeners, they probably know that I read all the books cover to cover when I have people on. And while I was reading it, um, some of the, I wanted to talk to you about how you know, civil society. That's what I kept thinking about when I was reading it, because on one hand, it's highly, highly practical. And I felt like I was reading a guide to be nicer. And on the, and I have a couple of really fun stories for you based on my journey reading the book. But then the other hand of it, on the other end of the spectrum, I felt inadequate. And because Mm -hmm. there you feel like, oh my gosh, I'm missing all kinds of opportunities to be kind. And I think everyone will, will be on, you know, will land on that spectrum as, as they look at it. So let's start with, with um, why civil society and the importance of being civil to one another, um, even as a starting point beyond kind. So it, it's very interesting you ask that. So I'm going to address that question first, and then I must respond to inadequate. So today, um, the first thing that I really want to say is that Humankind is not, you know, a, an accident. Humans being kind has been the basis, the origin of 
how humans maybe should be acting more often. So it's not like we're asking humans to be kind. We're called humankind. And I really feel like the power of, of who we are as a force in the universe is that what's missing now in, in society um, in regard to being more civil is that so much of what we do is so hurried. We have so many things. Technology has sped us up. Um, social media has reduced us to rapid fire emoticons. And will you really save in your heartfelt treasure box a emoji of a smiley face? While I love them, I believe that actions are so critical when they reflect what we think positively. So much of what we've done in this world is negative. Um, and Donna Markova wrote the foreword to Loving Out Loud. She is the co-creator of Random Acts of Kindness and a legend in my world, literary world, particularly the, the universe, because she deemed how we could do a random act of kindness and the ripple effect was gigantic. So in her forward that she wrote for Loving Out Loud, it was life-changing. I was moved to tears. I, I, I Time stood still after I read it. And she named Loving Out Loud an act of kindness. And I thought, wow, all these years later, kindness prevails. Civil society is not just um, the, 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 what we all should be doing. It's because it's the right thing to do to sit on the side of kindness as the mother of a child with developmentally you know, um, disabled needs. Um, she expressed to me that sitting on the side of kindness is the only thing to do. And when we asked her son, this amazing 32-year-old who has fragile X and um, is spectacular, he said, kindness means doing nice deeds and helping others. So if a civil society is helping others, I think it's not such rocket science. I think it's a very simple, basic understanding of the need of humankind is to help each other. So we can begin there. Before I ask you the, the next question that's um, occurring to me, you wanted to respond to the inadequate. So I want to yes. give you the space to do that. So Laura, thank you. Um, I think that that one of the thoughts that I, I would welcome my readers is to think about if you read a page and there's a loving out loud suggestion, try it. If you divulge the book in one sitting, you have a big to-do list, right? Oh, I need to call my neighbors. I better call my mother. I need to call my cousin, my aunts. I don't know their birthdays. I'm not sure if I miss their birthdays. I want you to let go of that. And I want you instead to create with this book, even before you open the pages, a set of a to-do list, a to-love list. And I think that if you think about looking at your day as who can you love, um, who loves you, who, not just in the romantic sense of the word, a friend maybe going through a hard time. Um, when was Stevie's surgery? Oh, it was yesterday. Did I check in with her husband? Do I even have his cell phone? Yes, I was prepared. And now I know she's doing okay. It's breaking down the simple little things. And when you transfer all these errands and things, you feel less 
inadequate and you feel more hope because if we do one little thing a day, if we make one little shift and have a gentler voice when we're hurried and someone calls us and they've interrupted us instead of saying, I'm too busy, I'll have to call you back. And then you feel bad and you start a ripple of negativity. Instead say, you made my day. I'm so happy you called. I'll call you back in 30 minutes. Does that work for you? And then you really kind of make project a plan. We just have to learn how to go one loving, kind idea at a time and not feel like we have to measure up to someone or something. So, Laura, I'm going to ask you, what's one nice, kind thing you did today that maybe you inspired yourself? Oh, well, that's, uh, I'm happy to say that's easy to answer. I took some extra time with a client who, who needed it. Oh. And it was off, you know, it was, it was off schedule. It was right before we got on here. And to your point, I had to create a boundary on the time because I did have a hard stop, but I trusted that if I let myself show up for her and be present, that the ripple effect on her day and the next several is far greater than if I'm, I'm too busy. Ah. Far greater, the greater good of someone else um, was on your mind. So I'm going to even back up and say to everyone listening, when you wake up, you know, we, we do all these errands, we drink our cup of coffee. When I drink my cup of coffee, I have the same mug a friend gave me during a hard time. And it really says, slow down, trust the process, don't hurry, don't worry. Every morning, my little ritual is I read those words, I take a deep breath, and I really enjoy that cup of coffee. It's almost like I look forward to it, you know, from the night before, and I really start my day off, and usually I make a loving phone call, and I think, who needs me? For so long, it was my mom who passed away recently, and this book is really a tribute to my parents who loved me out loud, and they spilled so much love in me. As I grieved, I was cognizant of spilling love back into other people really has helped me through this. And of course, I call my daughter every morning. She just had a baby. And we just talk about, and I, you know, I say, have a wonderful day. I love you. And she might share a little something our precious two-month-old did. That was brilliant. And it just starts my day off. And so giving to your client above and beyond any kind of reciprocity was beautiful. Well, thank you. And I also want to add to that was that the the bottom line of the conversation, and one of the reasons why I made space to have it beyond the desire to serve and show up was that something had happened. And our conversation actually was around how unkindly somebody else had been Mm -hmm. treated and then what the what each of us could do to to mitigate if we could if it was in our influence and so in a way the creating that and this is part of the ripple effect creating allowing that in made this conversation all the more poignant mm. and timely because that i think is. we're witness to acts of kindness but also acts of either scarcity or withdrawal um, or even outright aggression on a regular basis. 
And if I'm hearing you, um, I, one of the things that I'm, that I'm hearing is, is about making kindness almost a habit, a conscious habit, um, just like other conscious habits that, that serve, you know, maybe our health and wellness or our business and, and integrating it into your life. I love that. It's not just that words are powerful and free and fabulous. Um, words heal, words provide hope, they hurt. Words can do all kinds of things. But when we really give thought to what we wish to express, instead of that, you know, that um, knee-jerk reaction so often we'll give, where we might be preaching or sound righteous or, you know, I think that when you start recognizing how amazing it is to dialogue and communicate with a kind heart. And that means when someone else is, um, and this is not about, you know, um, anything that a book can't solve or a professional is needed. These are tactics you can do today to better your life and connect with others. It will not solve all problems, but it is a manner in which you wish to be treated by also giving it to others. So when someone is negative or short with you, you don't know their story. You don't know where they're coming from totally. You could assign a lot of stories to that. The truth is that you cannot make someone else kind. You cannot make someone else. You can inspire children to be more loving, more kind. You even adults, you know, grown adults, you know, um, all ages, but we have to do it by our own actions. And the shifts that happen, happen as a result of your own uh, behavior, your own habits. And it's a beautiful thing to sit down and listen when you've been the talker. In the book, you mention that it's more interesting to be interested. And it's about shifting our focus from on me to the other. Let's explore that a little bit and how that is inherent in, in being open or even um, able to, to have acts of kindness as a regular habit. Well, I, I find this is just the most, the coolest thing in the world. You meet someone, you have no clue anything about them. And so you're dialoguing and projecting um, everything you, I want you to know about me is, could be very boring. It monopolizes space and time and mental resources. So what I really realize now is, is in order to connect with someone and get to know them, um, you, you don't insert yourself in every conversation. That doesn't mean you don't share like-minded you know, um, interests and all kinds of things about yourself. It just means... Did you give the other person time to talk? Are you a good listener? Do you know anything about them that's relevant and interesting? And how did you get there? So let's say you meet someone very shy who's inward. The world needs all of us. But you might say, I find you so interesting. And I just thought I'd ask you, you know, I'd love you to share something about you. Are, are you from this area? Or I notice you look really stylish. And, and I'm always like observing details that, you know, I can learn from, you've got to tell me where you got those, those, you know, shoes or, or I noticed you're carrying a book and I'd love you to tell me about it. What are you reading right now? 
uh, book, book lovers are going to tell you the latest five novels, um, everything about their nonfiction, you know, special inspirational books. What's your book club reading? Are you in any groups? Because I'm so proud to be in the Sandy Springs Society and we do all this volunteer work. And so you're not, you're not excluding yourself from the conversation. You're just joining it and you're showing interest. So I'm interested in you, Laura. I want you to tell me something that I might not know about you that everyone would find interesting since we have a few people listening. <laughs> a lot of people listening. You're very good at this, Robin. Um, <laughs> I was just thinking about a story that I shared with a friend last night when we were driving downtown uh, Toronto on the waterfront. And, uh, and it is in my list of things that not a people, a lot of people know has happened to me, but I said to her and her friend, I bet you don't know that right on this very corner, right outside this Starbucks, Vanessa Redgrave kissed me on the cheek. Oh, I love it. (laughs) And so how'd she respond and what, how, what happened next? They were shocked. They were shocked. And, uh, and um, if anyone, not everyone knows who Vanessa Redgrave is. She's a a British actress who's in her early eighties and just a, just a, you know, right up there with all the dames Oh yes. and except very not a dame, very on purpose. Um, but yeah, so it provided an opportunity to share a story of, um, and this is, this was a, a time where I, I noticed her in the Starbucks, which was completely out of context. We were just coming from a Toronto Blue Jays game. So there's yeah. Vanessa Redgrave walking by me in the Starbucks and I, I said to my husband, I'm like, and she walks out and I said, I think that woman out there is Vanessa Redgrave. And uh, he's a big movie watcher. He's British. Yeah. He's like, no, there's no way. I'm like, no, really? I think you need to go and take a look and tell me if that woman is her. So he's, he wanders over very skeptically. He looks out and he turns around at me. He's like, uh, oh yeah. So I go, I love it walking out the door, not my usual response to celebrity, go walking out the door, but I'm noticing that they're looking around. They look like they're lost. Mm-hmm. And so I walked, I did, I walked up to her and I said, excuse me. Um, and she turns around and her eyes are so blue. I lost my words, but I was like, are you? And she filled in her own name. Like it was just ridiculous right off the stop. She's like, Vanessa. <laughs> I'm like, yes. And I said, I just needed to come out here first of all and tell you how stunning you are. And she was shocked. And, mm. but then I was like, but more importantly, you look like you're looking for something. And I know you're not from around here. Oh my goodness. And, and she they, they were, they were trying to get a taxi. She had a meeting that they had to go to. She was in a, she was, you could see then, you know, this very composed woman that there was some stress going on. And so I said, we'll drive you, which then um, amplified the stress, obviously, because celebrities don't just jump in people's cars. I said, oh if we gosh. can't get you a cab, we're going that way. But I ended up getting them a cab, like managing, it's tricky down there, getting them into a cab. And before she said goodbye, she, she put her, she hugged me, kissed me on the cheek oh. and says, you are so lovely. Oh, and you gets just. Gets in the cab oh. and drives away. 
<sighs> Moment in time, beautiful, beautiful. Like, what an, ex- an exchange. And now imagine just for the sake of the full story, my husband in the window of the Starbucks watching what's going on and oh my gosh. and coming out going, what just happened there? Isn't that amazing? Because you offered to help. And look how you've replayed. This is the whole power of loving out loud. She loves you out loud. See, this is not love just in, in the romantic sense. This is what love looks like. What Number one, you loved out loud. You offered to help. My guess is that you would have helped anyone who looked particularly lost and out of you know their area. You came to the, to the table. And the next thing she did was a very famous person you admired, you thought was amazing. She stopped and she gave you um, out loud a memory, a message, a thought, and you replayed it over and over and over again. Wow. And you believed it. Like you felt it. Did you feel it and believe at that moment? You know, in that, and I think this is what makes it, I was like, oh, I'm telling a really long story here, but it's, I think this is what makes it pure is that it was all spontaneous. There was no, no agenda. And even, um, I very, you know, somehow had the wits about me to say like to myself, don't even go there for selfie or, you know, anything. There's no, there's no ask here. There's, there's an older woman and a companion who look like they're lost. That's it. And I think that was the humanity. I think that's why the, if I, if I look at it and I've written about it, but if, um, if I look at it, I think it was the spontaneity. It's an energetic transfer. Like you were saying, the spontaneity provoked the spontaneity. So look at what happens when you're at the grocery, you're wherever you are in your life and you notice someone doing something nice or kind or in need. Um, you turn around and realize you could help someone unload their basket. It could be no brainer. And all of a sudden you touch them like she did in that moment. And you never know what this person is experiencing, feeling, or, you know, you don't know if they're alone. You don't know if they feel lonely. Um, Human connection is an amazing, powerful, uplifting force. And only we create it. So it's pretty amazing that, you did that, you observed something, but but then you even went that next level, which was you asked for nothing in return. You expected nothing in return. In that moment, you just wanted to give. And when we give without a selfless you know, motive, when we give without an expectation that someone else is going to return the same thing and be just like us because we're kind and caring, guess what happens? Um, our, 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 our hearts are pure. You started this by saying it was a pure moment. And that's where purity comes in. That's where integrity comes in. A human value of doing, um, being kind and loving out loud because it's the, it's the right thing to do. It's, it's not an effort, but you did not resist a generous thought, which my dear friend H. Jackson Brown Jr. who wrote Lifestyle Instruction Book says often, you didn't resist it. You did it, right? You, you were moved to do it. So we talk ourselves out of so many kindnesses by feeling, oh, I could never be kind enough or like that person or, you know, or 
or some people even look at when someone's overly nice as Pollyanna and um, it's syrupy and rose colored glasses. It's not. And I'm here to say right now, today, at this very moment, that when you find someone who is kind, they are a treasure. It's a treasure. And understanding their intentions takes time. It takes time. You can't force love. You can't force friendships. But what you can do is show up. Are you clapping loudly for a friend in a show? Um, I was so moved. I just had to say that writing this book, I've written many books. This is my life's work. This book wrote me. I like to say just Laura wrote me. But my daughter ordered a copy from Amazon.com. She could have gotten copies from mom. I mean, that's what moms do, right? She ordered the copy and she said, mom, I'm so proud of you that I wanted to give my boss your book. Would you mind signing it? And I thought to myself, that's love. That is, that's loving out loud because it wasn't, it wasn't just that she bought the book. It was that she really wanted to gift it to someone she admired because she adores her boss. We, we love out loud in so many ways, but how do we show up for each other? You know, this, uh, there's, an, uh, 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 there's an, a heartfelt motive that can be pure where you just want to give love. Um, that, was, that was loving me out loud in an extraordinary way to give my, my words and advice as a mother who is, is, gives it a lot, you know, it's like, um, like any kid, like mom, I got this. Varying degrees of receptivity along the way, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, so tell me like when you afterwards, um, what, um, and of course, you know, I've, I've read so much about you and was so inspired by so many of your stories because you are really, you are really committed to sharing your wisdom. Tell me now, if what does it mean to be a friend to you? What does a friend look like? Let's talk about the love of friendship for a second. I think a friend is somebody who you feel safe showing up as who you really are and how you really are in the moment, which isn't always the, you know, in, in my case, the inspired Laura or the positive Laura. Sometimes it's a, you know, a, a frustrated or, um, you know, I'm like everybody else, maybe even more so sometimes the ups and downs of, of life and experience. And it doesn't mean hoisting it on them at every opportunity it's just being able to show up and, and be me. And I think that's some of the power of long-term relationships with people who knew you or in sort of teens and more formative years. And there's like that automatic, just, ah, you know, you know, me and my mess. Um, but you also love and appreciate and, and are there. It's a, it's an exchange. Ah, boy, I'll tell you, you're amazing. So yes, this exchange is both of you showing up in a like-minded way. I wanted to get to know one of my new neighbors and, and like anyone on earth, it was a little awkward because I thought, oh, if I reach out, then does she need a new friend? And I don't want to be like, you know, too pushy and, you know, everyone can relate to this, right? Well, 
I still have these feelings of they come up and then I go, what do I have to lose? I could make a new friend. What do I have to um, gain? I, I lose nothing and make a new friend. And why not? And so I, I called my friend and she wrote me back. I am open to warm and loving friendships and would love to meet you for lunch. But you know what she did that was absolutely brilliant? Where she expressed the kind of friendship she wants. And I thought, I said, when we got to lunch, I said, would you tell me about that? Because I said, I've never had anybody ever smile like that. It was just so fabulous. It said so much about you. And she told me about many of the relationships she had had that, that really weren't fulfilling. And when she creates a friendship and she, you know, wor- you know, invest time in someone else as a friend that it means so much to her to really experience something that's truthful and honest. I mean, we started out like light years ahead of where we could have been because she was open and I learned so much about her and it was amazing. But again, I didn't just say, I'm going to, you know, say thank you for the cake she brings over because I moved into the neighborhood. I said, I want to spend time. I want to get to know you. I want you to think about, there's, there's so many stories in the book, but one of them that came up was there's a um, friend named Nancy. And Nancy every year does a babysitter luncheon for all the babysitters who babysit for her children over the years. And the babysitters get together. Nancy said, I have left my children with you, my most entrusted, you know, you know, beautiful souls in the world. And I want you to know each other because you're all so wonderful and loving. And I wish to thank each one of you today at this luncheon. Now, most people pay a babysitter, thank them, you know, worship them, love them. But how many people spend time with them in a, you could call it a social manner, but I don't call that. I call it a loving manner. So get to know them. And she went around the table and everybody updated who was doing what, who was looking for a job, who needed um, a place to live. And every year she does that. And I was so touched. So Nancy's daughter was graduating college. And I said, I'm going to do the same thing with Nancy and her daughter. I haven't caught up with her daughter. I don't know a lot about her daughter. And this is a dear friend. We went to lunch and I listened all about her daughter getting a master's in social work. I talked to Nancy about what she's up to lately. That is called loving out loud. I received more, right? Well, yeah, you and you did. And and I'm listening, as I'm listening to you, there was a piece that I wish I had said, and that was about, you know, being present for them and listening to you describe what your friend did for the babysitters. She was also offering them an opportunity to create community and relationship and expand their, you know, web of connection with other people potentially like them. That's right. Which is very generous because it's giving beyond the self and it's, and it's, it's bolstering community for other people. And she said it with her mother who passed away like eight years ago's caregiver. And she still checks on the woman I mean, so much of us, of, of all of us, we're so busy, we lose touch. You lost touch with a college roommate, a high school friend. My elementary school class, now mind you, I'm in my 60s, and my elementary school class still gets together for reunions. We were 60 kids. I think there's like 40 of us left. 
and we stay in touch. And a few of us, um, um, this amazing young man named Edward, who's a lawyer who's so busy, he makes sure everybody knows if there's a loss, if there's a special occasion. There's so much that we can gain from reconnecting with one, call it old friend, or one person in our lives who made a difference, loving out loud. There's no time limit. It, love doesn't expire, okay? So it just, it just, it awaits us to awaken ourselves, to touch the moments that move us um, where we feel so good, so good. And I just believe that today talking with you and listening to your story, you know, about Vanessa Redgrave and how you lit up and your British husband and that that moment you were just generous in spirit. I mean, it's, it's beautiful. And the more of those moments we can treasure, the more it reminds us that we can continue to touch everyone as if they were Vanessa Redgrave and ourselves at our best. I want to share with you two experiences I had during and since reading Loving Out Loud that I think will bring into focus how this can be integrated into everyday night life, not just when you see um, someone of note standing on a street looking puzzled. Um, the first, the first was very early in the book. And at that point I was, I was in the mode of realizing that there's some gaps to close here and, uh, and, and looking it's, I can see it now as it's habit that I used to have the habit of texting back and forth with my husband, um, while he was at work and he works in an airport. It's very, very busy. It's, you know, it's not in a, we can't just get on the phone during the day, nor can I get on the phone when I'm podcasting or coaching. It just doesn't work. But we have a little saying that is on the inside of our wedding rings and we hadn't used it in a really long time. So just out of the blue, I sent him a text with that little saying in it. And, uh, and that was, you know, to bring that sort of playfulness back into the day. Cause you never know at the receiving end what's going on in the moment. And, you know, but I know how it's going to be received. Mm. So it's not a, it's not a risky one of putting myself out there, but it's a habit that has drifted away. Mm. And then the other was just this past weekend. And, um, we were at, um, it's Canadians will recognize it or Torontonians will recognize it as uh, the Canadian National Exhibition. It's the great big fair that's been around forever. And, uh, and we went down to walk around and see the air show. And, and, uh, and, and once every five years is enough, but we went down and there's a fairly large focus on the military. I don't know if that's every year, but this year, certainly they have exhibits and, and right outside the gates on the street, um, a, a gentleman in the army saw us taking a selfie in front of these prince's gates and offered to take our picture, which I often do because yes. my, I'm a photographer, I'm a trained photographer right. and will often take pictures of couples while they're traveling. And so that was really neat. He did that, but once we got done, I paused and, and thanked him for his service, which you specifically mentioned. And it is something that I have done on Remembrance Day, which is the equivalent to your Veterans Day. But 
every day there's people serving and you should have seen the look on his face. His jaw just dropped. And, uh, and I thought, you know, it really is an example of the power of a kind word and, and it's a proactive situation. I just love that story. But you were very, first of all, you said so much again about yourself. You said you are aware that you have to close up some gaps. And I want to reassure everyone, everyone watching this video, we all are a work in progress closing up gaps. And maybe we're even opening up gaps because we're opening up space to be um, able to connect with more people without it being overwhelming. We're recognizing that simple things that we can spread and plant kindness. Um, you also said you jump in and you'll take a picture. You're a trained photographer. And no matter where we are around the world, my husband loves to do that. He sees someone who's not in the picture and he so wants them to be a part of the family. So he stops. We'll be standing like on a mountaintop or a, a, a ledge and he's taking the picture of the family. So the father or the mother or the child's in the picture. That's loving out loud. So we're, we're talking today about the little things loving out loud, the power of a kind word can do, the little things, reconnecting with a, a more fulfilling, meaningful life. And if everyone on earth did one little nice thing, I mean, I think that it would be like, it'd be like a most unbelievable thing for the world. So your inner guru, in, in my world, that little voice could be very negative, very judgmental, very, oh my goodness, somebody talked not nice to me. You know, it's me, me, me. No, I try hard and it's a habit and you have to exercise the opportunity to replace the tapes that are negative. You see something, you know, and you want to say something that's not very kind because someone treated you incorrectly at a restaurant. Think about first, you know, are you, you know, how's your day going? I really wish that, um, you know, you had, you know, made sure the dressing was on the side of the salad. Um, but you okay? I just wanted to let you know I appreciate your help. And uh, is there any way to resurrect this? And they are so happy to do it. Um, they're just so accustomed to being um, um, bitten or yelled at or gotten in trouble. And so people start expecting the worst, you know, from each other. So we have to start this little shift in your corner of the world. Free yourself from the negative thoughts and say, what would happen if today I found a silver lining in something? You know, they say talk to plants, they grow. How about talking to individuals because they grow? And I love that Donna Markova in the Loving Out Loud in my book said, where our, you know, attention goes, love grows. Where you put your attention. So what are you going to do today? Where are you going to place your attention? Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a movement. It's a mission of mine. But after all the books I've written, I think this one is the most powerful thing. I have a message from a gentleman who wants to share a medical condition with his family. And it's not even someone I know well. And they, they wrote me and said, how can I love out loud and let them know this news? It's, it's very devastating. And so um, I think that in everything we do, we give messages of how we want to be remembered, how we can live life with no regrets. 
but it comes down to, um, you know, have I thanked you today? Well, it's the, I think it's the little things and, and we can all take each other for granted at times. And, and that is, that is a shift in the moment. Um, I want to explore with you some of why you're so um, committed to this cause that you must see, as I do in my own work and message, you must see a need. What is it that, that moves you to, to really dedicate your, your work and your, your life to this message? 35 years ago, I was a teacher. And I was in a um, part of Atlanta where kids, kids had a really rough time growing up. And my dad took me aside and he said, are any of these children without lunch money? And I said, I'll, I'll check. And so I started looking into it and I realized that there were so many children who didn't even have money for lunch. And my dad, it wasn't like proper for a teacher to start paying for children's lunches, and my father said, I'm giving you this money and you walk in that cafeteria and you pay for the lunches. And my entire life, I've been raised by parents who loved out loud and they, they looked for ways to love people behind the scenes. And I just felt like so much love was poured into me when I lost both of them. It was a very difficult time. And I lo- learned that when I could pour this love back into other people, in different little ways, like um, not for recognition or awards or notoriety that I could make a difference. But then what happened was, you know, none of us um, go through life without being hit. My aunt used to say in the beginning, middle or end, you get hit somehow in life, something happens. And so I remarried an amazing man. Um, We're now married eight years. And he asked me what I wanted for our first Valentine's Day. And I said, sweetheart, I know he didn't like the mall and he wasn't really big on shopping. And of course, I report on shopping. I'm a gift giving expert. So I thought, what gift would really be important, like lifelong? So I said, what about every morning you say a kind word to me when I wake up? and we brainstormed for a second and I think he suggested it or I did or however it came about, it was going to be good morning, beautiful. Now, eight years later, every morning, there are post-it notes, there's messages in my cereal bowl, there are, and or, or the words or a text if he forgets, it might even come in later in the day, but it's good morning, beautiful. And then it's GMB. So we got the little, you know, so just like you, Laura, that, that reminder that we're loved, the tradition. So this book, this book wrote me, this book, as I witnessed so many people being generous and being kind and not responding to negativity or giving up on people or understanding boundaries is the whole thing about understanding boundaries, problems a book can't solve. But it really woke me up that I need this reminder every day. How can I bond with my children who are grown up busy and they're like mini me's in a way of, you know, accomplished, trying to take on the world in a lot of ways. And, and I've stopped and recognized that at the end of the day, they're going to remember how much I left them. Like my parents were incredibly accomplished, but that's not what I talk about. I talk about the love. So that's how at the end of the day, we're going to be remembered 
is how did you love someone? How did you care for someone? How did you make them feel cherished, appreciated? And my goal for the rest of my life is to pledge that I will love out loud. I work on my own gaps in my own self to be the best version of me I can be. And I hope that um, in return, I have, that's what a good life looks like. And I think it does. So I'm, I'm good, Laura, and I, I'm, I feel blessed, but I also know I work hard at it. You know, I have to challenge a negative thought. I have to tame sensitive hurt feelings. Someone looks at you wrong and your feelings are hurt. We're sensitive beings. So it is work. But um, this book, from psychologists to experts, from every day, you and me and every one of us, these stories are profound, what people do. So that's it, Laura. That's why I wrote this book. And I want everyone to read it and share it and, 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 and do what you're doing. Reconnect. Connect. I'm going to make the assumption that the vast majority of the listeners on this podcast are big, open-hearted people. Kindness and compassion are the superpowers of not just the future, but now, because we need to look at you know, people, our planet, everything through a more compassionate lens to lead better. Um, but what would you say to people who perhaps, perhaps they didn't grow up in an environment like yours where this was clearly modeled, like I'm getting a big feel of legacy here from, from your parents to you and to your kids, but now out to all of us. Um, what, how do you, if it feels wonky, and it feels vulnerable to be kind in that moment. Do you have any suggestions? Yes. You define your own story. And today you can write a brand new chapter. You can start today making a shift. And instead of replaying, it's called restressing um, your, your, your past, which could have been severely or seriously challenged. The, the one thing I want to say is there's time to get professional help and don't, don't resist um, individuals who might help you through something that's larger than oneself. There's times, but to anyone who is listening and wants to recreate for today and tomorrow, a better today and tomorrow that putting love into action is a way to move forward, to say it forward, to bring it to a new definition of your life. You can live as a victim or you can be victorious in that life was not easy. Life was unkind, unfair. And yet in spite of that, where can you get courage? And I volunteer um, and do a lot of volunteer work. I, I, there's a whole chapter on that in this book and how we can work with courage and help others. But when you learn what that really means, you gain strength from all this love you give. It's kind of amazing, but you, you actually get strength back. Chapter 10, the book ends with some amazing stories but I say very clearly on page 243, I hope this little book 
will remind you of the power of our words, thoughts, and deeds. Love is action. We can tell someone we love them a thousand times, but when we show it and express it, even in little ways, we have a remarkable opportunity to spread positive energy in the world proactively. By doing so, we make our own lives count. And our giving feeds and feels so good, feeds us. And as I elaborate with one final word, loving out loud, the power of a kind word is something every person on earth can grasp, try a little at a time, don't feel overwhelmed, and begin with one person and watch what happens. It might not be easy every time, but you will know at the end of the day that you gave your best and you tried. On my mother's headstone, in her will, she instructed us to have engraved, embossed, you know, in the stone etched, she tried those words because throughout her entire life, she believed you try. And even if you don't succeed, I think you succeed because you tried. So I wish everyone listening to to you, Laura, that they recognize that when you let, when you open your heart, whether it's a broken heart or it's a giving heart or it's a heart that's gone through a lot of, a lot of turmoil today, take a deep breath and remember the power of loving yourself, like to appreciate who you are, that you survived, that you're thriving or you're working towards bettering yourself with with education and with um, all kinds of things. I, I wish you well. I wish you good luck in this mission. And I hope you'll remember when you love out loud, LOL stands for something new, not laugh out loud and not just lots of luck. We create our luck when we love out loud. Well, thank you, Robin. And this seems like a, a, a wonderful place to to land and 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 wrap. Um, I want to thank you for coming on and, and sharing your passion for this message and sharing the perspective that you know all it takes is really one small action at a time, but it really isn't in the moments. And and we also in being kind to others, that in itself is a form of being kind to ourselves and, you know, and, and self-care, which, which is, uh, which is a big, big theme here on Free Your Inner Guru. I'm so happy I got to meet you. Thank you so much for your time. Oh, thank you for coming on. And it's been a pleasure. Mine as well. Thanks for listening. If you would like to purchase a copy of Loving Out Loud, The Power of a Kind Word, or visit Robin Spiesman's website, there are links in the show notes on every listening platform. And you can also, if you're listening only, come to lauratucker.com slash episode 56, and you'll find everything there. Just a couple of thoughts as we wind up the last podcast and certainly the last interview uh, before the holiday season begins. I want to wish you a Merry Christmas, a Happy Hanukkah, a joyous Kwanzaa, whatever holiday you celebrate at this time of the year. And maybe the holiday is just the end 
of 2019 and the decade known as the teens. And uh, I don't know about you, but I'm very much looking forward to coming out of our teen years and into the 20s. Um, We talk a lot about self-care on this podcast, and I certainly do in my coaching and my work and my two self-care programs in the summer and the winter, but I thought it was an appropriate opportunity for me to mention that self-care is never intended to come at the expense of caring for others. It's a prerequisite for being able to care and be kind and compassionate towards others because our outer world mirrors our inner world. And I certainly learned that on my journey. And sometimes my inner world has not been all of that great. Um, If you are having a holiday season that is surrounded by loved ones and busy, hopefully not going too, too crazy or burning out. And if you don't celebrate any particular traditional holidays at the end of the year, um, or if you're not surrounded by family and friends, I know from personal experience that the quiet holiday seasons can be just as rewarding and special as the ones where we're surrounded by people. So I hope no matter what, you'll take a few moments um, for yourself to reflect on all the things that we have learned as individuals and as a society during our teen years and think about how can we consciously take them into the 20s because the world needs our positive, kind, compassionate superpowers more than ever. I'll leave you on that and I'm looking forward to coming into our 20s um, with all kinds of energy around this podcast and uh, connection with you, the listener. It means a lot to me knowing that you listen and, uh, and I wish you a very, very thoughtful, reflective, joyous, mindful, conscious holiday season. Take care.